Cats at Night. Now, here's John Katsimatidis. Let's go to Melissa DeRosa. Melissa, what the heck is going on up there? I understand there's troubles. Great to be with you guys tonight. Yeah, I mean, that's the understatement of the century, John. If you, you do not want to be Kathy Hochul right now with this uh, with this Court of Appeals nominee. It, earlier today, the, the 11th and 12th senators came out on the record saying that they were opposed to Judge LaSalle's nomination to be the first Hispanic Court of Appeals chief judge. And um, then you had Brad Hoyleman, who's the chairman of the Judiciary Committee, a very powerful post, came out and told the press that if you if you need Republican votes in order to get LaSalle confirmed, he is not going to put the vote on the floor for the nomination on a, on a floor for a full vote. And at this point, they could only lose 11 and they've now lost 12. So, you know, I am seeing people say, oh, what's is there's a very narrow path. By that logic, there is no path. This is dead. But, so, Melissa, you know, Ed Koch, you mean that 12 out of 63 state senators can prevent a preeminent jurist, the presiding justice of the second department uh, uh, and a leading Hispanic jurist not to be the chief judge? They can do that? Just 12 out of 63? I mean, yeah, Mr. Chairman, you and I have lived through a lot of these judges. It's interesting because when Governor Cuomo was governor, we had a Republican Senate for much of the time that we were in office. And even the Republicans would put our nominees on the floor. Oh, look, I, I was on that commission on judicial nomination for 19 years, including under Mario Cuomo. Uh, yep. nominating, uh, nominate, uh, nominating, put, talking about them. And i got to tell you, the object of that was to get high quality. And we have s- seven high quality candidates. And she picked the best of them. And the second uh, person is really, uh, 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 very good to be the, to be the administrative judge. It's, it's a terrific combination. It is. And, you know, it's really interesting because, as we said before, Republicans, Democrats have been criticizing Republicans for politicizing the Supreme Court. And now we're essentially saying if you we don't if you don't line up with our politics enough, we're not even going to give you a fair hearing. And so we're sort of doing the same thing we criticize national Republicans for doing. And again, you know, this has been one of those judges have historically in Albany been one of those issues that has been very bipartisan in nature. People care deeply about the quality of the judges that you're putting on the Court of Appeals, and it's supposed to be apolitical. Now, obviously, there's always litmus tests, right? People ask all the Supreme Court nominees, do you support, will you uphold the precedent of Roe v. Wade? But that's traditionally to make sure that judges aren't going to buck precedent. It's, it's very interesting in this instance where it seems the criticism is coming at this judge because LaSalle had upheld the law in some instances in ways that people didn't like politically. And so it's an interesting, we're sort of treading into dangerous territory here in terms of politicizing the court. But what's crazy, Chairman and Governor in the room, is, and I know Judge Weinberg's on the phone, you, I'm sure you all have opinions on this, is that you have a Democratic governor with a Democratic supermajority. She puts this out, and it almost instantaneously blows up. And so I don't understand what her her staff was doing. I don't understand what they did vis-a-vis giving people heads-ups or making sure you had the votes in your pocket before you go forward. And if this goes sideways, which I, I really don't see how they recover from this, it's going to be a colossal embarrassment. Melissa, this is David Patterson, and I want to ask you some questions about process. Uh, I didn't know that the chair of a committee 
would be emboldened enough to actually say that he would block the bills from coming from the floor. Now, we know that chairs of committees have blocked bills from going places forever, but they never actually came out and said it. And if he's actually saying it, I don't see how he could say it without the express consent of the leader, uh, uh, Stuart Cousins. So it's just very strange that that would actually happen. And frankly, if I felt the way he did and I wanted to stop it, I wouldn't open my mouth. I wouldn't say a word. I would just wait till the bill got in committee and uh, go on vacation for a while. You know, I'm sort of speculating here, but what I what I think is going on behind the scenes is, you know, the Times Union reported two days ago that 15 to 20 of the Democrats oppose, even though at that point only 10 publicly opposed. And then I did my own sort of reconnaissance, and I learned that number is actually 21 Democrats that are opposed. But, you know, they're not all raising their hands in the press. I think some of them actually are a little bit embarrassed to preemptively say we didn't even give this guy a hearing, but we're against him. But I think that they're trying to kill this behind the scenes and get the governor to preemptively pull back the nomination, and it's not working. And so now they're ratcheting up the public pressure and saying to her, if you stare us down, we're not going to blink. So, you know, if you want to embarrass this guy, have at it. Melissa, it's Richard Wamber. What about a uh, a petition to discharge from the committee to get it on the floor? Yeah, that, that's interesting. I don't know. I don't know procedurally if that's a play that they could that they could do here. But what Hoyleman had said today to the press was, I'm not if if this can't get confirmed solely with Democratic votes, I will not advance him out of committee and it will not this be is, a floor vote. This is very dangerous because fundamentally what Janaris and Janaris is really behind this is doing. He's trying to pack the court with left wing ideologues, people who were empowered by and beholden to the Working Families Party and the Democratic Socialists. And what that means is you're not going to have an honest and fair judiciary, and you're going to have them rubber stamping left-wing regulations, taxes, all kinds of public policy that are harmful to the state. You have almost 500,000 people have fled the state in the last two years, and if the left-wing is not put in check, you're going to have more leaving. You're talking about the destruction of this this great state. This is a very serious nomination. But I don't think that this type of a situation can be discussed in political terms, even though we know that they actually are there, because in the end, it's really supposed to be the ability of the judge to look at a case and and address it, not by their own political beliefs, but by the law, what they believe the law says. You know, it's everything everything you guys are saying is dead on. And and here's what I'll take this a step further. Again, with Janet DeFiori, who was sort of run out of town on a rail because the Democrats, generis, the Democrats in the Senate put these gerrymandered lines out on the redistricting case and they were challenged in court, not just by the Republicans, also with the League of Women Voters, which is a good government group which is nonpartisan, and they challenged this saying this is unconstitutional, and it went all the way up to the Court of Appeals, and the Court of Appeals gave, handed down a decision that struck down the line. I can't and, believe how, how stupid that senator could be to say if Republicans are going to vote for it. How does he know what the vote is going to be? You know? Yeah, well, and, well, and the, the larger problem, John, to me is, as somebody who's been in government for a long time, as well as, well as you guys have been in and around government for a long time, the fact that they're not even going to afford him a hearing, it's basically saying the process is a joke. 
This is not about the quality. This is not about the process. This is about the politics. And we're not even going to hear his explanation on why he, you know, rendered certain decisions. And we are going to dismiss his entire body of work because, you know, the labor unions and the far left wing of the party are against him. And I think that is a very dangerous. But why did it was one of the seven judges that they put up and they approved the seven judges they put up. He's one of them. Well, they didn't approve one of the seven judges. It's a, a panel that is a judicial screening panel. It's an independent panel that assesses judges based on their you know, previous work, and they sort of rank them as qualified, very qualified. And he was very qualified. He was the top of the list. He has a, a long, distinguished career. And, you know, he's, I, I think he's going to be really embarrassed and sort of regret getting into bed with Kathy Hochul because I just don't think she's got the political chops to do this. And From- it doesn't seem like the legislature has much respect for her decision here. And now that they've sort of broken this out into the open, it's, it's going to be worse for her and for Justice LaSalle because it's going to be a public humiliation. Well, I think we have to go day to day on this. Uh, I'm, uh, Melissa, you know, I'm working tomorrow morning, me and Curtis, for, on behalf of Sid uh, uh, in the morning. So I'll be here and we'll be here tomorrow night again. So let's uh, let's uh, keep monitoring it, and we'll find out what the heck is going on. All right. Sounds good, guys. Have a good night. Thank you so much. Thank you, Melissa. Thank you. It's Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network.